Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo, and hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I am your host, Mike Moynihan. I am excited to be here. I'm excited to be back from the National. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to other podcasts, everybody's talking about it. It was a great show, a great experience. It was really awesome. Best show ever uh, for me, just in terms of not necessarily pickups and stuff and all that, but just the overall experience. Yes, it was hot. Yes, it was crowded. All the things you might be hearing on forums or other podcasts or other videos that you watch, but it was still awesome. It was still fantastic. It was great. And it, it, you know, I talk about this all the time, how important connections are and how important relationships are. And I got to make a connection with somebody last week that I knew from afar. I'd watched his stuff and, but never really interacted with him. And it made my heart just so joyful to talk to this guy. And we'll get to him in just a second. I do apologize for not having an episode last week. Obviously, I was busy with the National, having so much fun there. Uh, overall, the vintage vibe there was amazing. I will tell you that there were plenty of vintage cards available, graded, ungraded, tons of dealers willing to make deals. I paid my price for everything that I wanted to pay and actually lower in some cases. So if you hear, oh, there, you know, nobody was budging, nobody was this and that, I didn't have that experience for me personally. So I don't know. Maybe my guest will have a different take. I'll get his opinion in just a second. In fact, I'll just get his opinion right now. Let me introduce my guest to you today. Liam, what's hey, up, everybody. man? Hey, everybody. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Great. So I was just talking about connections that the national provides the opportunity to make that we don't get to make all the time uh, in our, you know, even in interactions on YouTube and stuff, it's different when you get to meet people in person. Did you find that to be true? Definitely. Um, like I've talked to a lot of uh, these guys on YouTube before, but it was just amazing getting to meet them in person. So you've got to tell everybody your story because when I met you in person and started talking to you, I was so impressed is the first thing. Uh, how old are you? What do you collect? What's your story? Why do you love vintage? I'm 13 years old and I've been collecting since I was two years old, but mainly started vintage about three years ago um, before the pandemic hit. I just love, I love history. I've always loved baseball and I just love the history of baseball. So to me, being able to uh, pick up a vintage card is like holding a piece of baseball history. Well, I can tell you at 49 years old that I completely agree with you because <laughs> I, I love baseball history. I love holding a piece of history. I feel like, man, and does it, I hear this all the time. I'm going to ask you a litany of questions. I'm going to start just peppering you with questions. Okay. So forgive me because it's awesome to see someone of your age super interesting. And it's not just a fake interest. I mean, you genuinely love it. I can totally tell when I hang out with you, when you're showing me cards and you're talking about them, do you care that you haven't seen any of these players play? Not at all. I, I just, I read a lot of books about baseball history. So every time I read a book and learn about a player, I instantly just want to go buy their card. Now it, it's not um, great for my budget, <laughs> but it's it's really fun for me to be like, oh, I absolutely love this guy's story. Let me own a piece of uh, their history. Like, it's just so much fun for me to do that. 
So when you first got into vintage, you said three years ago, who did you, do you remember what your first vintage card was that you purchased? Yes, I purchased two. Um, they're about, um, so the first one was the 1955 Tops Jackie Robinson. Well, you're and just diving right one, in, aren't you? You were just diving oh, yeah. right in. And the second one was the 55 Pee Wee Reese Bowman. Okay. Do you like the 55 Bowman set? Yes, I do. I personally do. I think it's a gorgeous picture on it. Um, I just love the design. That is awesome. So when you decide to buy a vintage card, is it player driven? Is it set driven? What kind of, is it just kind of a combination of all those things? A combination for me mainly, it's usually player, but I'm currently trying to collect the 1959 top set. So then I go based off of the set. I don't care if it's graded rot. I usually get the, um, the stars graded. Yeah. Um, but the rest I get raw usually. Okay. By the end of this, we're going to need to do a paternity test. I think, um, <laughs> I'd never met your mom before last week, but I don't know. Uh, you might be my long lost kid. Actually, you're uh, not quite old enough to be my grandkid, but, um, okay. You decided, okay, I'm going to buy some vintage. You get a 55 Jackie Robinson. Was that decision based on, I want a Jackie Robinson. And that was one that fit into budget slash grade condition, all those things. Or was it, I want the 55 Jackie Robinson. It was mainly just getting a Jackie Robinson. Um, he, around that time he became my favorite player. I had started um, diving more into history of baseball and learning his story. I was like, Jackie Robinson's my favorite player. So I went to my first ever card show at that time and I saw one got and the guy offered me a good deal on it. Um, I ended up sending it to SGC this year. It came back a one, but to me, I was just like, I had to get that Jackie Robinson because it was just perfect for my collection. You picked a really good player to have as your favorite player and a, and a pretty amazing person too, you know, and that's so cool because Lou Gehrig's my favorite player. That's and, my dad's favorite player, actually. Well, your dad's a smart guy. Um, but it's because of his story, right? And who he right. was. And he had to play with Ruth and deal with Ruth and all the stuff. And he was, you know, um, just an amazing, uh, obviously an amazing player, which is the first attraction. But he was also a great guy. So I, I love that you love Jackie Robinson, that he's your favorite player. Is he still your favorite player? That's my guess. Yes, he is. Okay. So how many Jackie cards do you have? Currently, only this one. There, uh, let's see if I can get it on here. That's yeah. this one. Okay. One of my uh, next cards that I really want to get is the uh, 1953 Topps Jackie Robinson. Okay. If I, I had known a... that before, I would have pulled out all kinds of Jackies to show you. Um, they're all back there in the Beast. But... Um, that 53 tops is a great card. So obviously you're 13 years old, you know, you're not exactly making millions of dollars yet, but certainly someday probably. Do you want to be in the card business when you get older or do you, are you going to have another career? Baseball player, but I definitely want to stay in the card community, card market. So, Hopefully so you're have gonna my be, card. You're going to be like Matt Strom, who's a player and a collector. Yes. Okay. Nice. So what position do you play now? Uh, first base pitcher. Okay. Pitcher is my main position. What are you throwing at, at 13? Like 85 with a mean splitter or what? No. Um, I, <laughs> people, like, I'm mainly Greg Maddox. I throw, um, I hit corners and um, I, I pitch the ball where I need to pitch to get the outs. You might be the only 13 year old that would compare himself to Greg Maddox and how your style of pitching, because you know how Greg Maddox pitched. You never saw Greg Maddox pitch. You were you weren't even born until he was retired. But that is so awesome. You, you're not going, oh, I, I want to pitch like Max Scherzer or Verlander or pick your current pitcher that's pitching right now. 
you're going for a guy that was known for painting corners and put picking his spots and he didn't do it with velocity. He outwitted the hitter, right? Right. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm so fascinated by your story that I just, I'm going to keep talking about it. Then we'll, then we'll dive into the national a little bit. Cause I want to, okay. I want to get your takes on that. I want to see it through your eyes because my eyes are old and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of a cynic, so I want to I want to live through your joy through that experience. But okay, um, what's your favorite vintage set? Do you have one? The 1959 tops. Okay, which is why you're building it. Right. I love it. Uh, how far are you along on that? I've got around 70 cards, so I'm I'm slowly getting there. It's one that'll take me a long time to complete, but I feel like it'll be worth it. So do you just pick up commons every once in a while? If you see a dealer that has some, you might pick through them. What's your style for that? That's mainly what I do. I try and um, whenever I go to like a local card show or a big card show, I try and get um, like five to ten of the commons at a time. Um, that's mainly what I do. I, each uh, card show I try and get, or each year I try and get at least one big, uh, one of the stars from the sets. Yeah. Oh, you just showed a mantle. Just happen. Yes. Just eh, casually show a mantle. <laughs> show that mantle again. Let me look at it. I got to put my glasses on now with those old eyes I was talking about. What do you got there? Three? Yes. Okay. Let's talk grading. Okay. You like You like graded cards? Um, when it's like big players, I like getting them in slabs. Why? Just because it's, um, it's more reassuring for me to know that it's been graded. I know it's authentic. It's it's more likely to be authentic. That's probably true. (laughs) But yes, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's like you've been watching my show or something over the years. I feel like this, you know, uh, like a Gandalf type figure, I need to have a longer beard, but okay. So you go for lower grades because you just want a nice copy of the card, right? Right. Like that mantle you just showed looks great. Yeah. It's um personally it's like if the if the uh picture itself is clear for me, I just love looking at it. Yep. Like the, it's not so much the grade that matters. It's more the, um, how the eye appeal. Maybe something like buy the card, not the grade. Right. Right. And so I'm totally with you. I'm a big registration slash picture. I don't like creases through the face. Stuff like that bothers me. I'd rather have an off center card than a crease through a face, for example. Right. Exactly. Right. I want to, I'm looking at the, the bloody picture. I want that to be the good part of the card, right? The best part of the card, no matter what the numerical grade is. So totally, man, it's like we're right here. It's like we're here. Um, okay. PSA or SGC, what's your, what's your preference? Both. It all depends. Um, I do. I love the look of the uh, SGC slabs, the tuxedos. Dude, you're showing a Christy Matthewson T206. <laughs> Good grief. Um, I I love the uh, pictures. Yeah, so you like those? You like the tux, right? Yes. Nothing, nothing wrong with the tux, and but you also will buy PSA. You're kind of just slab gnostic, is what I call it, where you kind of don't care as long as you get the right card, right? Right. So you're not using set registries or anything like that. You're just kind of doing your own personal tracking. Yeah. How do you track your collection? I um I write it down mainly. Okay. I have um my main thing is most cards that I pick up, I have on a list of cards that I just want to pick up. So each time I get it, I put a check mark next to it and just keep building the list. Nice. What's next on your list? Um, the fi- 1953 Topps Jackie Robinson is one of them, and the other is um, 1959 Willie Mays, or even older. I do want to get a Willie Mays soon. Okay. Um, I think yeah, we'll get to this later. I'm gonna do something cool later. All right. Um, 
All right. Like I said, you're not a millionaire just yet. You got a million dollars worth of cards in front of you, but how do you, do you do chores? Do you mow yards? What do you do to earn money to fund your butt, to fund your card hobby? So, so far I, I've been, I save up my money, whether it be getting it for Christmas or my birthday, but I've also been uh, just this past uh, for the last year, I've been starting to sell cards it's mainly my newer or modern. So on my channel, I rip open uh, boxes of new product. And if I hit something that I don't really want for my collection, I sell it so I can then go and buy um, some 59s or um, a satchel page or something. Yeah, or a satchel page. Yeah, just that. So you enjoy ripping wax, right? Everybody does. Right. I mean... It's not an enjoyment problem. So, what do you, what do you, is, do you think, what do you think about 2023 Tops Chrome? You a fan? I haven't ripped a lot of it yet. It was mainly because it just came out right at the National. Right. And I was saving my money to get some of uh, the bigger vintage cards on my list. But from what I've seen, I liked it. Last year, I did not like last year's as much, but this year, I personally did like it. That's cool. So, how many boxes of, each product are you open two or three boxes of series one series two how do you do that it depends sometimes i buy like a hobby box of a product and um some packs because we do a family fight night where we all rip packs um right. so sometimes i buy some packs and a hobby so i can um rip the hobby box to show what's in it and then we do the packs um for our Thing. Other times I just buy some smaller boxes just to rip. It all depends on the product. Where do you think you got your love of collecting? Was that something you just developed naturally or is it because your dad, your mom, who, who gave that to you? I, I just, I think naturally. I honestly, I don't remember the first time I ripped. All I do remember is just when I was little, just ripping open the cards I've got binders and boxes of cards full from when I was really little. Okay. When you were really little. <laughs> Way back when you were really little. You're wearing a Casey, Kansas City Monarchs hat, which is just awesome. Yes, and a uh, Grays jersey. Uh, Homestead Grays. Nice. Who's the jersey of? Josh Gibson. Best catcher ever, probably. We'll never know, though, will we? Right. So have you learned a lot about the Negro leagues and obviously yes. through loving Jackie Robinson and you're like, man, this just such an injustice that we can't go back and fix. Right. That the, right. that the black players never got a chance to play and we never really knew how great they were, but um, that's cool that you're, that you're into that and you like learning about it, man. So your 59 top set, your 70 cards in, are, is that going to go in a binder? Yes. It will. Okay. They have um, special ones for top loaders. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm going to do. And then I'm still working out how I'm going to, where I'm going to get my slabs. So you want a suggestion? Yes. So what I do for my sets is I, when I have, cause I have all my hall of famers slabbed up. Right. And right. so what I do is I, I can put it on the P I can take a scan of it. And I can print that scan of the card on a piece of paper. And then I cut the, the slab out and I put that in the slot in the binder for that player. Okay. That way, because I don't like the empty spots, you know, it just drives me nuts right. on a binder. And so like on my 60 top set, I've got all the, the pictures of my actual slabs in there. And it, and it really makes it, uh, it's kind of cool to look, oh, that one's slabbed and that one's at this. And I, I don't have to pull the card out of the beast. It's, you know, I've still got a picture of it and I can enjoy my binder and look at all the rest of the cards. So just a thought to, to keep in mind. Thank you. Uh, okay, let's go to the national. And I bet we'll get back into more of your, what you love and, and cause I'm just fascinated. Like I said, the national, your first national, you show up What's your first thoughts when you walk into the convention center? I, I'd been watching videos of people talking about it. So I expected it to be big. 
I, when I first walked in, I just look all the way down. The first things I see are booths with uh, Lou Gehrig game-worn jerseys, Babe Ruth game-used bats. I just – I told myself I wasn't going to get overwhelmed, but just, like, I walked in and I'm like, I I just, just lost it. I just – I was just like running to booths back and forth, looking at all the different memorabilia they had. Um, it was way bigger than I thought. Your mom and dad are close by. We'll have them right. jump over here. And what did you guys think of the show when you first saw it? Uh, same thing. Just me- like amazed at the, uh, the memorabilia and the cards and the, the history was just just incredible and being a Lou Gehrig fan as well too the first thing I saw was that Lou Gehrig uniform on the mannequin and I had to wipe the drool off the side of my face there and then I said I'm gonna might need an orthopedic surgeon by the time the show is over (laughs) I think we're all visiting you know the chiropractor and the (laughs) the, the podiatrist to work on our feet and stuff after the show were you surprised Liam at the how just vast and it just kept going and going and going right right i wasn't quite expecting because you walk down you're like oh okay i've seen most of it i'm like let me take a right to go see this section then i take a left and by that point i had no clue where i was <laughs> easy to get lost in the way they had the the floor layout um what were you on the hunt for while you were there what were you looking for um, two main cards. Um, so the first one was for my 59 set. It was the 1959 tops, Bob Gibson. And I did want it in a three and that is the grade I got. This one was beautifully centered and the colors really popped on this card. So how do you negotiate with dealers? Are you pretty, are you pretty hard on them? Do you beat them down pretty good? Yes, my the main thing I do is I first see if they have what type of room they have on the card, and if it's not where I want it, I counter it. If they don't like it, I walk away. And if I don't find one that I like later, I come back and put that same offer on the table to see if they'll take it. Okay, so on a card like that, um, it was stickered, and you got it. How much below sticker? Hundred dollars. Nice. This one was, this one, the dealer was really easy. I asked him if he had room and he just instantly went to it. Cause I was like, I was expecting him to go $50 below. And I'm like, if he says it, I would do it. And then he just went and I'm like, all right, I'll instantly do it. Now the other card I was looking for the 53 satchel page. This one was harder. Okay. The centering on that is amazing, by the way. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, James, Elite Hunters, he actually, um, he was keeping an eye out on uh, Satchel Pages, and he uh, sent me a message, showed me where uh, where the booth was, so I ran over there. I just loved this card. It was a little harder to negotiate, but I did get him to where I wanted it. Yeah, that's a little bit harder card to find than the... Than the um... Bob Gibson rookie, right? So right. you're going to see dealers, especially if it has really good eye appeal for the grade. It, you know, you're going to pay up a little bit more for that than you'd want to. But did you, did you still get your price? Definitely. I went. I got actually below my price that I had set for it. Nice. How cool is it that you had friends walking around looking for cards for you? It was amazing, especially since it's tough to get to all every different table. Right. When you know you have other people looking for the cards, you can cover more ground. Yeah, that's 100% true. It takes a village to build a collection. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> the way I think about it. I I don't know that I would have bought half the cards that I bought if guys that weren't texting me going, hey, I found this or, hey, I saw this. But you have to be able to share, hey, I'm looking for these. Can you guys be on the lookout for them? And it makes it way easier. And... It's just, it's cool that there are people that care enough to go, oh, I know somebody that was looking for that, right? So right. that's so cool that you and James hooked up to be able to get that card into your collection. Um, 
Which one of those two is your favorite pickup that you got? The Satchel Page. Nice. But my favorite pickup that I got, I currently don't have the it with me. I sent it off to PSA, but I do have a picture of it. Okay. It was the uh, Gateway Satchel Page autograph. Dude, that is so cool. We got this because um, we were there on Saturday. I got that on Saturday. And then Sunday, we went to a White Sox game. And Monday, we went to the Cubs game. So this was uh, my last pickup I got. So what was your favorite day of the show? Let's see. I might have to say Thursday when we first got in. That was a lot of fun. Because um, I got in. Then later that night was the uh, main meet and greet, which that was that was incredible. And, Who invited um, you to that thing? <laughs> all, all different people actually well, but it was uh mainly you so glad that you came to the meet and greet uh you were kind of the star of the show everybody was showing you their pickups you were showing off what you got it was so cool to see you just like you're hanging out with a bunch of old dudes and they just all treated you like you were just another collector. How'd that make you feel? Uh, made me feel awesome. It was uh, really exciting that I was just getting to just have a normal conversation with everybody about what they were looking for, or um, they were just talking about certain players, and I instantly knew what they were talking about. So that was a lot of fun. Mom, are you still there? Yes. What did you think of that? You came to the get together uh, with Liam, so it it's great. I, it's just enjoyable uh, as his mom and to watch like all of you treat him, you know, like he's one of you. Um, well, he is one of us, so that yeah. was easy. <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's it was just a lot of fun to sit back and just watch him, you know, do his thing and have everyone treat him so well. So. Well, lots of respect to you guys for letting letting him just kind of come right into the fire and come hang out with all of us. And I hope everybody, I'm sure everybody was super great, respectful, and, and loved talking to you, Liam, for sure. I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody was, everybody was beyond, beyond kind. We, we appreciate it as parents. Well... Then you and I on Friday, uh, we start going around, you know, the little impromptu. We had a, another meet and greet on Friday and we, you and I walked around the um, the trade night that was happening right there in the hotel. Remember that? Yeah. And you and I were both looking for vintage. There was some a little, you know, a little, you know, not a ton, but the occasional guy would have uh or kid would have a, a vintage car. Did you get any, did you make any plays on any of the trade nights for anything? I didn't. Um, there just, there wasn't a lot of vintage that I really wanted that first night. We ended up going to their main like trade night the next day, but there was no vintage anywhere. Just, it wasn't, there was not a whole lot of stuff in general, yeah. but my main pickups were just at the show. So what was your favorite? kind of experience like if you were to say was it buying the cards was it hanging out with the people was it seeing the cool memorabilia what would you say kind of how would you rank those all of it but like i got to hold babe ruth's bat which was really incredible yeah um so that was up there but meeting all of you guys was that was the one of the biggest highlights that is that's what it, this hobby is about i mean cards are everywhere right and i hope right. you noticed walking around Vintage cards aren't rare. Most of, you know, stuff from the 50s, the 60s, whatever. I mean, there's plenty of Mickey Mantles around, you know. They're right. dang near every vintage table had plenty of mantles to choose from or Clemente's or Aaron. Um, do you have any Aaron, Hank Aaron stuff? What do you have? I do. This, you I do have the 59. Okay, you got the 59, all right. Ooh, HGA flap. Yeah, this one was uh, we bought. I did buy this one raw. It's a little beat up. This was 
Um, I picked this up be right before he passed away. Um, and then I I do have currently don't have that with me right now. I do have a Hank Aaron autograph. Nice. It's on a postcard stamped from his induction day with um, some of the other people in his induction class. Frank Robinson was in his induction class. Um, I'm trying to think who else. A couple of older guys that I just don't remember right now. Um, so who did you meet that you were just like, dude, this person's totally, and you better not say me because that's not true. But like, who did you meet that you were just like, man, I've watched him for a long time and it was so great to meet them. You can name multiple people. Let's see here. Well, I mean, as usual, John, James, Orlando, I've met up with uh, them several times, but it was great seeing them again. Uh, Rick, Vintage Oddball Cards, he was incredible. I've watched, like, I've always watched his collection. That's He has some incredible stuff, but he was really nice and great to meet. His stuff is sick, and he's a great dude. But you're going to find that to be true of everybody. Everybody's great dudes. Did Dylan. You meet Dave? Oh, Dylan, yeah. Yeah, Dylan was oh, another one. Shaka. I saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a picture of you doing a Shaka. I think it was on your uh, recap when you were showing pictures yeah. of everybody. Uh, Y'all were doing that. At, I laughed out loud when I was watching that. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, that's pretty. And you're taller than Dylan, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh, poor Dylan. That was kind of funny. Uh, that kind of cracked me up. But did you meet Dr. Beckett? I did not. Okay. We got to make that happen. Do you know who Dr. Beckett is? Yes. Of Beckett? Created Beckett? Yes. Are you, so you go to shows local. You've been to the national now. Are you going to start traveling and going to different shows? Yes. Okay. I want to, I do want to go to uh, the one in Canada. The, the Toronto Expo? card show. The Expo? Yes. Okay. That one would be fun. Um, I do want to go to the Dallas Card Show. I I want to um, see the National in Cleveland. Not sure if we'll be able to go next year, though. Yeah, because you'll be playing All-Stars or something, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for you, there's a Dallas Card Show every, two, every three months. So there's always right. – actually, every two months. So – there's plenty of those when you're not playing ball. You got to do Strongsville, man. Have you heard about that show up in Ohio? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's like all vintage. Like, I got to go to it, too. That's that's kind of on my radar for next April is to to meet up with a bunch of guys up there. What would your mom say? She said maybe we can do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right before. So do you follow current baseball? Like, do you yes, follow I the do. major leagues? Do you play yes. Immaculate Grid? I do not. Do you know what Immaculate Grid is? I do not. <laughs> okay. So, baseball reference, you know, that webpage where it has all the yes. stats, like everything. So, they have a deal called Immaculate Grid, and it's every morning they come out with a new one where they have a combination. Like, they'll say, all right, put in a player that played for the Phillies and the Mariners, and you have to think of a player and, and guess, and it tells you if you're right or wrong. And you get nine, there's nine squares every morning, you get nine guesses. Uh, name a Philly that hit 300 home runs or something like that. And so it's it's fun every day to test your baseball knowledge. Every morning I wake up now and I'm doing it. The last three weeks I've been doing the Immaculate Grid every morning. Um, so that'd be something. Like if you started doing Immaculate Grid, you'd, you'd get into it. I bet totally. So who's your favorite current team? Um, the New York Yankees. But I just love uh, players on different teams. So we were friends until you said that. So <laughs> you like the Yankees? Oh my gosh! There's a we lot. We go of to a lot of we go to a lot of spring training games. So I've started liking a bunch of other teams. So when people ask me what's my favorite team, I do say Yankees, but I love a bunch of the other teams as well. Does anybody ever throw up on you when you say you like the Yankees or no? They're good. They're I nice. mean, people people do start <laughs> gagging. But. <laughs> there you go. No, that's all right. You can like whoever you want. So who are your favorite players now? Like who do you think is future Hall of Fame worthy? 
Well, my favorite player is Bo Bichette. Okay. The hair. That's why I, I, I grew that. out my hair. Nice. Um, but people who I think are going to be going in the Hall of Fame, of course, Miguel Cabrera, Verlander, those are um, easy ones. Uh, Albert Pujols. Um, now, some people do say Shohei Otani. Um, if he keeps it up, I definitely think he will be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I, I think, thought you grew out your hair just to make all of us old bald guys feel bad. We, <laughs> do that. I, I thought you were just rubbing it in. Like I can't grow that kind of hair. Okay, Shohei is generational talent, right? Yes. Best player in the major leagues right now. Definitely. A title he took from his teammate Mike Trout, right? So. Right. Trout in? What do you think? Trout's Hall of Famer right now? Yes, I think Trout will be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, so do you like of the Acuna, Soto, like who's who do you think is going to be the best out of, have the best career when it's all said and done? I think out of, out of that 2018 rookie class, it's going to be Otani and Acuna, I feel. Interesting. See, I would pick Soto. Not to be better necessarily than Otani. Um, I, I don't know how much longer Otani can keep doing what he's doing. Right. Maybe – two, three, four more seasons. I think he'd be a hitter for a long time, but I don't know that he can do both. It's such a strain and such, I mean, it's amazing what that he does what he does. Right. But right. Uh, Acuna, you know, he had been kind of forgotten about and this year. He's just killing it. Right. Right. I, that's one thing that fans do. So in the card market, you see once a player gets hurt, their cards go for nothing. And then, in like a year or two, when they start to do better, you can't find their cards. You can't you can't buy their cards. Yeah, there was tons so. of Otani at the show, like, and for right. high prices, right? So, do you have Otani rookies? Do you have Acuna, Soto, those kind of guys? I do. Twenty eighteen, yeah. um, I did get. I got quite a bit of them, and I distinctly remember pulling. Um, I had some twenty eighteen boxes, and I ripped it open when uh. Otani had Tommy John surgery, and I, I pulled an Otani card, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna hold on to this card, and I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. Okay, your choice is forgetting about value for a second. Shohei Otani, rookie number to fifty, Jim at ten, PSA ten, or fifty three tops, Jackie Robinson, PSA five. Which one are you choosing? Fifty three, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> It's, it's almost like I knew you were going to say that. And that's that's the wisest. You'll always be able to pick up an Otani, right? right. Those, those will always be around. So, Like, if I had that Otani, I would sell it to get the Jackie Robinson. Ooh, even better. So what do you think the future of Vintage? How do you think more kids, how do you think we can get more kids interested? And just let's just say the younger generation, right? Not necessarily the kids, but how do we get younger people to be interested in vintage it's you've got to make it appealing to other kids like a ton of my teammates i know there's not a lot of them that like baseball cards i tell them i spent however much on a christy matthewson they're like who's that and why did you spend that much money on a piece of cardboard nobody really understands it you have to educate them on okay. what it means or find something that they're into and turn that into a way that they can get into cards and get into the vintage. So you mentioned something there I find interesting. So your teammates who all play baseball and are probably passionate about it and love it and do it all the time, they're not into the card thing, right, at right. all. So is it because they've just never been introduced to it, do you think? And once you show them, do they think it's cool? Or how does that conversation go? It's I tell them about it. Um, there are very few that do open cards. Most of them even say, um, I love playing the sport. I don't like watching it, which I personally feel like I'm about to faint when they say that, <laughs> but it's, they just, they don't find it as enjoyable as I do to okay. open cards and have it. Um, they play MLB the show a lot. That's the big thing. So that's where most of the people know these vintage players from is from MLB the show. 
Yeah, that's interesting. That's a great point because you can unlock players as you play the game, right? And you can have Babe Ruth hitting cleanup for right. you or whatever. Um, and uh, one thing that they did, they started introducing the Negro Leagues into that, which for me, I think is great for the hobby because once people start learning about the Negro Leagues, it's easier to turn them into the history of baseball. And then once you get them into the history of baseball, introduce them to cards. And I think that's that's going to be the biggest one. Have you been to Cooperstown? I have not. I really want to. That's the next trip I really want to do. Road trip, mom and dad, road trip. <laughs> We're still recovering from this one. Right. Uh, it's for guys like you and me, man. It's like, it's like Disneyland. It is. I'd rather go there than anywhere. It's just so great. It's the kind of the, the happiest place on earth for a baseball person is, is Cooperstown. And I've only been once and that's absolutely on my list of, I need to go back there. I'm thinking about when Beltre gets in. Cause I'm a Rangers fan, you know? Yeah. So when Beltre gets inducted, I might go back. But, uh, so do you collect seventies and sixties stuff or are you, you're, you're going fifties and pre-war like. A little bit of sixties and seventies, not a lot. It's mainly uh pre-war and fifties. I don't have a lot of 30s, 40s. It's mainly, I would love to get more of the 30s and the 40s, but right now it's mainly pre-war and the 50s. So there's probably a lot of guys watching this show, listening to this podcast that have kids your age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. What suggestions would you have for them to help them learn? Like you said, they need to be educated, right? And they need to right. learn how cool this stuff is. Are there some resources, some places, some things you would tell them to do? Um, personally, I read um, a book called A Glory of Their Times. It's about it's about players that are not as well known as Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, but some have some incredible stories. Like a lot of people don't know about Germany Schaefer. Yeah. He was the first and only person to steal first base. Because <laughs> he's he went and stole it back, went backwards. Exactly. Yeah. Um, people didn't like, even in the game, they say that nothing, even if they threw it to back to first base, the runner on third wouldn't have scored. Cause everybody was just in awe mm -hmm. of somebody actually thought to run back to first base. <laughs> and so then you bought a card. You showed a T206 of him. Yes. So you heard the story. And you're like, that's cool. I want something to remember that story. And I and you bought a card of the guy, right? Exactly. So um, there are several players from that book I've picked up, like Rube Marquard. Rube Marquard, yep. Um, Tommy Leach, I've also picked up. Um, but yeah, it's just some it's just fun history that you learn from that book that like that's one of the big things that made me start getting T two oh sixes and um back to the pre-war i want to get a fred merkel i actually do have one of his you do yes it's um in the vintage slab bin. in the vintage box yes of course it is <laughs> uh fred merkel you know because i love that book too i told you i think i told you or maybe your mom to get the audio version because you actually hear yes. the interviews with the players uh either way i mean it's a great read it's a great listen however you want to do it any other resources? That's a great one. Um, let's see. The uh, Ken Burns documentary, of course. It's probably the best way to get a kid. They, they might be bored. You weren't bored with it. You just absorbed it like a sponge. I just, I just loved watching it. <laughs> I sat down like every night in a row just listening to yeah. each episode. Um, there is the Fred Merkel, T206 portrait. Love it. He's got a cool haircut. He does. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I could, like, every offseason I watch the documentary, right? The whole thing. All 10 innings. And because they show it on MLB Network. Um, and I'll watch it. And every time I, I catch something new that, that just sticks better, even though I've seen it a dozen times. And then I want to go buy a card of that player, you know, so that's a great, great suggestion there. Um, man, you have been awesome. Is this your first interview? 
Yes, being this is my first one being interviewed. I did I interviewed three people at the national. Okay. Which for my new podcast that I'm starting on my channel. Well, this is a that's a great segue. Tell people because you do content uh, on YouTube and, and other things. Tell everybody where they can find you and and go watch your stuff. Uh, Junior Baseball Fanatic Twelve on YouTube and Instagram. Junior is Jr. Like yes, the abbreviation like King Griffey Junior. Right, baseball right. fanatic. Twelve. Uh, Twelve. All right, perfect. So Instagram, you're on there. You're showing stuff on your collection. You're on YouTube doing youtube videos which are great by the way and uh man just keep doing you like you be yourself keep doing your stuff keep learning uh again i've been doing this 40 whatever years i'm always learning something new it never stops and that's actually the fun part about it is that i can't know everything and i always have something new to learn and i enjoy that so i look forward to learning new stuff and you seem to have that same spirit for sure well, Liam, you did great, man, on your first uh, being a guest on a show. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And um, I have one question. I have a few questions for you, if you don't mind. Oh, man. Oh, we're turning the tables here. Yeah, go for it. So I love collecting with my family. Yeah. And I always like asking people this question. Do you have a special childhood memory connected with the hobby? I do. Um, my dad worked in sports television and so i went to the ballpark all the time with him and he worked camera up in the booth and he would come home uh every once in a while with different cards signed by broadcasters that had been players so i have a phil rizzuto i have reggie jackson's uh, uh 54 or 53 bowman color i'm sorry that's not right 54 bowman phil rizzuto signed it's like one of my favorite cards uh, and i remember my dad doing that and he didn't like sports cards he didn't care so much, but he knew I liked it. And so he was a huge sports fan and he would do that just to put a smile on my face. And I still have those cards from when I was a kid. And it was when I was your age, honestly, or younger even. And uh, that meant a lot to me. That's incredible. Um, and what was your favorite pickup at the national? My favorite pickup at the national was actually the, I got a Tris speaker, um, E121 American Caramel pre-war card, SGC two and a half. It was not like it fits nothing in my collection. It's such a cool card. <laughs> like I just I love it. I literally just stare at it uh, since I got it. It's a uh, it's close. I guess nothing's really close. It's all over there. But um, really happy to pick that up. In terms of just cards that fit something in my collection. I bought a 52 Bowman Willie Mays and a PSA three. And I love that you don't care about, like you're just trying to buy the card. Obviously budget plays into things, but you're just, you know, you're not a, a great snob, you know, you're like, Hey, I'll take a nice card. So, and it just makes it cheaper. So I got a PSA three in that card. Um, I didn't pick up a lot of expensive cards, but I picked up a lot of really great cards. So. Good question. And um, my last question for you, is there anything you're targeting in the near future? In the near future, oh, Liam, uh, I've got a long laundry list of cards that I want uh, 600 and something to be exact. <laughs> I would have to say, you know, I really wanted a DeLong Garrig at the show and I just couldn't justify it. I had an opportunity to buy one and it probably could have worked it out. I just, it's like, ah. Uh, I really want to spend $8,000 on this card. And the answer was, I, so I called my wife. See, you're not married, but I'll tell you, called my wife. I'm like, Hey, can I do this? And it way over, like didn't have the money, but I, I had them. I have the money. I just didn't have the money with me. Right. And I was going to make a deal with a dealer that I know. And I'm like, she's like, you know, you, you can do it if you want. I just trust you to do what is right. And I, then I thought about that. I'm like, that's not, I'm not going to do that. So, um, man, I, I always look for deal. I like when I got right back, I bought a Ron Santo 1966 and a PSA five for 30 bucks, you know, on, on eBay. So I'm, I'm still picking off low hanging fruit. I try to save, and, and this will be a piece of advice for you. I try to save like, and you actually said it earlier, 
buying those big cards at big shows because there's memories attached to that. There's people attached to that. And I also like to see the card. If I'm buying a comma card, you know, a card over a thousand bucks or 800 bucks or whatever, I want to see it and hold it and look at it before I plop down that much money. There's very little risk in buying a $30 Ron Santo 1966 tops card. So little stuff like that um, is probably where I'm going to live for a little while in terms of my pickups and things I'm looking for. I'll probably wait and hold off until I know I'm setting up at the December Dallas card show. Um, and I'll be set up there to mainly buy stuff. Friends I'll have with me will be selling stuff. You should look at that. Maybe come in December um, to the Dallas card show invite extended. And you, I'll let you <laughs> over here. You can dig through the beast dude and just have a great time. Um, make out, make a whole thing out of it, but there's going to be a lot of YouTube guys there at that show. We're all kind of targeting that. And then next April Strongsville is kind of where I'll pick up my next big card and who knows what that'll be by then, but that's a good question. Well, thank you so much, dude. You are so welcome. I hope everybody enjoyed this and seeing the future of our hobby is in great hands with guys like Liam. And I'm excited to know you. I'm excited that I got to spend time with you at the show. Wish we could have spent more time together. I kind of wanted to clone myself so I could be have multiple conversations at once. There's just not enough time to talk to everybody as much as you'd love. I know so many people out there, you guys that came up to me and said, love the content, love the podcast. I really appreciate that. Every single person that did that. And so go check out Liam, Junior Baseball Fanatic 12 on YouTube. And I'm excited to have see see your podcast and listen to it, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Y'all have a good so one. You You're so well. welcome. What do I say at the end? What should I say here? Maybe keep collecting? Yeah. You say it. All right, everybody. Keep collecting. All right. Thanks, guys.